0: You got to bring the music down a little bit when I start. There we go. We can do this, Grant. You and I, we're going to get through this together. I promise. We're uh, we're learning on the fly this morning. Grant is in for Griffin. One. You're going to be okay. I promise. We're going to do it. And if you screw it up, we kill you. That's it. I'm sorry. I mean, it's no big deal. Mom, Dad, I love yeah, you. It was a good run. Right? You, had a, you had a heck of a try. Alright, good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That would make me Glenn Clark. And again, Grant is here with us this morning. He interned with us this summer. And um, we figured we'd give him a shot as uh, Griffin's out doing God knows what. Go ahead and fade that slightly more down. So I'm going to teach you fading. No producer ever understands fading. I don't know how to explain this. You don't get rid of it. There's Every producer believes that when it's time to fade, you just get rid of the music. It's steady, it's steady right? Light. It's steady. It's almost like people don't even notice. Now, they're going to notice now because I'm bringing it up. Yeah. But otherwise, no one would even notice that you were bringing the music down. Every, and we're shifting, shifting from music to man. To Glenn. Yes. And but, me. But there's even... even look, Ryan Shell was in here yesterday. He has been producing radio for I, I, 17,000 years. And even he... Did the fade of do 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 do, and it was gone. I was like, Ryan, what, what, what happened to you? We fade. It's how it works. We slowly bring it down. But I think it's um, intrinsic to producers to just want to get on the next thing, right? Like, yeah, it's an because you have to do six thousand things. This is where I got to right. be fair. You got to do six thousand things. Grant's head spinning. He's got four different monitors in front of him right now, and a phone and a board, a studio board. Yeah. My he's, laptop. Yeah, a microphone. He's nice not sure time. what he's supposed to do with his hands. He's like, Wait, what What? do I do with my hands? I was like, actually, nothing. You're good. Yeah, right? Like, nothing at all. So I will forgive producers because they get like, panicky, and then they're like, okay, I want to get rid of this music right now, so I don't have to think about it anymore. But the, in in radio, we like fades. Fades on the music, so. That's lesson number one today. I don't know that I'm going to teach you anything else. That might be the only thing I ever teach you, but that will be what I give you. No, I'll learn something else for you right there. I hope that's true. I hope it's Lesson one, check. All right. we got a lot to do on a Friday edition of the program. Stan is not here today, uh, but he will be back with us next Friday. Instead, we got a great lineup for you on the program. Coming up in just a few minutes, we will catch up with PressBox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. Check in with him ahead of Ravens Seahawks on Sunday. Speaking of the Seahawks, later on this hour... Brock Heward is going to join us, former NFL quarterback. Now he is a morning show host on Seattle Sports 710. So he'll preview the Seahawks. He also uh, is working Maryland-Penn State tomorrow for Fox. So we'll preview that with him as well, although <sighs> not a ton to say about it, unfortunately, uh, in the 11 a.m. hour. Michael Pierce, Ravens defensive tackle coming off maybe the best game of his career against the Cardinals last Sunday. will check in with us. And uh, we weren't able to get to him yesterday during our college basketball preview show because of uh, their practice schedule. But Larry Stewart from Coppin State will continue our college basketball previews ahead of the season getting underway on Monday night. So, lot to do on the program today. I also just realized, Grant, that I never gave you Bo's number in order to be able to call him. So I'm going to text that to I you. I wanted to ask, but I also didn't want to be rude. No, so. it's uh, this is how we're going to have to do things today. We're just going to do it right out in the open because of all things. I was actually, I, I told Grant, I'm like, I'm going to try to get there early tomorrow in order to help you out. And then straight shoot. Okay, hi, Glenn Clark, adult male. All right, please, I am an adult. I have uh, been working with NLSE doing these high school games of the week on TV, and it's been great. I've enjoyed them a great deal. And tonight we have St. Francis against the National Christian Academy. So, last. Oh, God, this is. I shouldn't talk about this. Mrs. Clark prefers when I am dressing for TV that I allow her to dress me. Now, I know what you're thinking. Glenn, you're 40. What are you doing? Uh, Coulson, you want to chime in on this? Oh, you agree with her. Okay. Oh, God, don't. Why don't you settle down over there? Go. Stop. Well, hang on a second. Oh, you're going to feel stupid in a second. So she prefers to allow me to let oh, can you sit down. Can you uh, turn uh, Col- uh, John Coulson's mic on for a second, please? If you don't know how to pull him up on the screen, it's fine. We'll we'll live. Nobody, nobody will see him. It's better that way. Yeah. Um uh you haven't turned uh, John's mic on. Is it not plugged in? That might be part of the issue. yeah, uh, you, know, you you have let me say make sure. It should be Mike uh what mic would that be? Should be mic number two if I'm number one? I don't know. I don't know. Whichever one isn't me or you. Oh boy. we <laughs> poor Grant. Here, turn on all of one, two, and three. All right, make sure they're all unmuted. All right. One, two, and three are all unmuted. I'm unmuted. Okay. Unmuted. Now nope, nope, that's not unmuted. Is two on? Un- is that all right. Is I don't the know. Is he guest mic? What's that?
1: Is he the guest mic?
0: It uh, should be, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Is that a mute? Yeah, there he yeah. is. Very good. All right, we got there eventually. All this good. This is all for the training, by the way. Oh, that's boy. Just... We should have. These are things we should have handled ahead of time, but that's okay. That's okay. So she prefers that I allow her to dress me, right? I, I, don't, I don't care enough about this topic. I don't do this frequently enough, so fine. Whenever I've got to do a TV game or something like that, it's very much a, this is a reflection on me type of situation.
2: You're fine. missing a collar stay.
0: I don't even know what that I don't even know what a collar stay is I genuinely I need to work on a couple things I don't know what the collar stay What is that? That's That's the
2: thing that keeps your collar straight Yeah One side has it and the other doesn't Uh, That's problematic
0: It's problematic Okay. Okay. We can help you So I asked her last night I say hey Hey You know I gotta do TV tomorrow Do you wanna dress me? Yes I wanna dress you I'll leave clothes out for you this morning so I wake up, I go through my morning routine, I do some crunches, the whole thing, and then I look over and there are no clothes laying out for me. And I say, hmm. All right, well, maybe she put them somewhere else, right? You never know. So I call Mrs. Clark and she lets out an expletive. She says, I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah. I said, No problem. I am an adult male. I feel as though I'm capable of dressing myself. And she let out another expletive. She <laughs> she, she said I do not agree with your your opinion on the subject. So I was left to my own devices to try to dress myself for TV tonight. Well, you look good. So I do feel as though I'm an adult male, and I am capable of dressing myself. All right, easy over there, guy. Easy over there, guy. Okay. Because I don't know what a collar stay is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, right. I'm going to feel really stupid. And
2: beforehand, will you please... Um, tighten, will you, need to, will you talk into up? the microphone, please? Will you tight? I'm staring at you because I. Yeah, what? Okay. Will you, will you tighten your tie up before the broadcast? I or might. Is, or are you going in like
1: that?
0: I would prefer to go in like this, but yes, I will probably tighten my okay. tie up. Yes. So
1: she chose the tie.
0: No, no, yeah, no I chose everything. Tie looks good. I took care I of agree. everything I today. Like
1: the, I like the purple tie.
0: I t- this was all on your pal on. GC today. What, no, I, the shoes aren't on TV, so don't worry about the shoes. The shoes are not on TV. I would agree that a grown I dress man comfort. can pick
2: out khakis, a white shirt. This is, these are and not. A tie. These are dress khakis. They're dress you khakis, down on khakis. They that, are dress khakis. I agree. You're gonna make this. like i No, they look good. They
0: look good. What? I'm just. I'm very. Now, I. I don't want to fight with you today. You know? Are we fighting? I don't know. You seemed like you were going after my khakis, and they're. No. Dr- these are nice. you were being sensitive. That these are a, nice dress khakis. No, that khakis. was a compliment. Yes. I, there
2: was no. I looked under and approved. It was a little weird looking under the table. Yeah, it was a little so bit weird. It was uncomfortable. But, but, it was uncomfortable. I was
0: like, I don't know what's going on yeah, here. I, 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 like I, I, well, I thought you were going to comment on the shoes, and I wanted to make it very no, clear. No, I got that. You're on the television. The shoes are not going to be on television. They will never show up on TV. Yeah. So I would prefer to wear comfortable sneakers because that will not be seen on television tonight. So I went with that. It's like the TV people. that like, Do you ever you know, watch
2: Rick Ritter's show with um, with the, the Ravens show that they do? I don't think I have. It's Rick Ritter and Viviano yeah. and Q. Okay, and and he just always wears the wackiest shoes and socks, and they look ridiculous. Which one, Ritter? Well, I think that's the thing now. No, but I mean, no, they're they're.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. All right. All right. (laughs) Fair enough. Well,
2: I I and Viviano, you could see Viviano kind of staring at him.
0: Well, but wait a second. But Viviano comes from an era where he like he would be behind a desk, so he would wear shorts. He's full of class, though. I understand that, but I'm telling you, the first time I did like TV sports at Channel Two, I was like, so I got to wear a suit, and they were like. You got to bring a jacket. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, that's... I don't understand. They said, you're behind a desk. Well, they're pretty much a clown N- no. over there. So oh, <laughs> would you? I think I saw your boy the other day. <laughs> yeah. I think I bumped into him. He was a trivia. I... Cooper? Come out and... Yeah. A he trivia? Was a trivia on Monday night. We didn't get a chance to chat. I didn't uh, have a time, time to chat with uh, him, but I saw him there. Where? I saw him there. At uh, Cooper's. He was yeah. a hooper at Cooper's. Hooper yes. at Cooper's. How about that? All right. You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Anything else I can do for you? Uh.
2: Yeah, the, the uh, show on Sunday, I'm, I love what you guys Project are Project Game Day, Project every Game Day Sunday Rita, this season. Yeah, yeah myself, is Rita. Femi going to be on Femi this week? will be
0: again on this week. That
2: is the most fun post-game show that is out. I mean, it's- Did you, I think Were you there really for Femi
0: fighting with, with Ken two weeks ago? Oh, it was wonderful. There's been so much. Oh, it was so. No, two I missed weeks the two weeks them fighting. When the Ravens win by a billion points against the Lions. Well, I heard
2: the start of that, and I... you were like, okay, what's Ken? Yeah, doing ha- how are you going to try
0: to fire the coach today? And he was still suggesting that they should fire John Harbaugh. Yeah, I know. And Femi just. Like, Eviscerated him. Femi's just like, "What? who is this? And this is the thing. Femi also doesn't really understand the entire. He's like, who are these people? Like, <laughs> who are all of this? This sort who of, are these experts? These clown cars yeah. <laughs> that I drive in with every yeah. week. Like, who is. This? Then Josh Charles Hobbs on. He's like, well, I know him, right? <laughs> <And> like, <"Hey." laughs> But the rest of us, he's sort of just like, what am I dealing with here? Yeah. What did I get myself into? And so last week at the end of the show, he's like, boy, I was really heartened by what the conversation was like this week after the Ravens, you know, weren't all that impressive heartened in a win. By it? I think he was expecting that it was going to be more of the same because they only barely beat the Cardinals. I think he was expecting that again. This parade uh, of dorks was yeah. going to be like, oh, oh this no, isn't. No, no, yeah, hold on a right. This is our team of. Experts I understand, but to him, him he doesn't know us. No, well, he's right. Well, he knows me. I'm and, just lying. read it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you talking Correct.
2: about? I mean, Correct. Rita works for the government and no reed is reed is legit reed is works for peacock reed is a network tv star but but then uh, kz is a fantasy football expert so everything in his world is focusing on how he gets more points and has nothing way over the
0: top just (laughs) wants to fire the coach every week yeah all right. Okay, uh, yeah, that's, that's Sunday, Project yep, Game after Day, the game. after Raven right Seahawks. Facebook.com slash Pressbox YouTube.com YouTube, slash Pressbox Online, yeah. or PressboxOnline.com slash I still think you ought to
2: put it on your personal Facebook page at the same time. All right. Just we, click the box. Click It'll the work. Put know. the little setup thing you can right, add. You, you, you and I will okay. talk about that afterwards.
0: Bye. It's brought to you by Superbook <laughs> Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Speaking of actual experts, our PressBox Ravens beat writer is Mr. Bo Smolka, and he is with us this morning here on GCR. Bo, good morning, sir. How are you? Good. How are you? Everything's all right. I guess we need to start with what didn't happen this week as we spent weeks talking about the possibilities at the trade deadline. The Ravens end up being quiet. I I think based on what we talked about last Friday, you're not all that surprised they didn't go into the top-end running back market, but are you surprised they didn't do anything?
3: I mean, not only marginally, maybe, uh, not really. <clears throat> I go back to, you know, this time last year, you could look at that roster and say they had a glaring hole in the middle of that defense. Because if I remember right, it was Patrick Queen and I think Josh Bynes was was starting at the time alongside Queen um, early. And you're like, well, what, they, they could definitely use something there. It didn't feel like this year there was that void. And so – I, you know, yeah, you could have made a move for a running back. It sounds like they were in on a couple people. They talked to people, but um, obviously Eric DeCosta didn't, didn't find a offer that matched what he wanted to give up. Um, and they look at what they have and say we're we're pretty pleased with what we have. I still thought maybe they would go after an edge rusher. I still, still thought they might look at a cornerback because they, you know, you can never have enough corners. Um, so I thought all of those were possibilities. But it didn't feel – nothing felt urgent. And like as John Harbaugh said, he likes the roster they have, and so um, th- they didn't make a move, so I wasn't overly surprised.
0: All right, so if there's something – because the first answer, of course, is health, right? But if there's something besides that about the roster as constructed, that when all is said and done, you say, Bo, it wouldn't surprise me if, if whenever the Ravens are eliminated or lose – we look back and say, boy, they really could have done a little bit more here. What would that one thing be to you?
3: Well, I still think it would be uh, at outside linebacker, um, only because you still don't know what the health of the situation is with Bowser or with Ajabo. Always been gimpy and in and out, and you're banking on, you're asking a lot of both to Davin Clowney and Kyle Van Noy, two guys you grabbed off the street who are on, you know, getting along in years in this league. To produce over the length of the season. And so, will they wear down like we saw Justin Houston and others wear down? Maybe. And if they don't, great. But if they do, and Bowser's complicated and doesn't come back, and a complicated and come back, and suddenly you're leaning on um, Tavius Robinson and other young outside linebackers, and it's, that would be a spy like, wow, maybe we should have been more proactive and, and built the depth there because. There are questions already about the health and the depth there, and they're, they're fortunate, they're really fortunate that Clowney and Von Noy have come in and played so well. Right. But it is definitely an area that, you, that would be, to me, the spot you might look back and say, oh, yeah, maybe we could have done something there.
0: Press box, Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka with us this morning on GCR. Bo, as we shift now, this is the roster that they will have moving forward as they start against the Seahawks. I, what, the number that everybody is going to continue to bring up is that Lamar Jackson is seventeen and one all time against the NFC, and it's it's relevant. I I wonder, is it closer to anomaly, or is it? Do do you really buy into the idea that people are suggesting that NFC teams, because they don't see Lamar nearly as much, are not prepared for that matchup, and it's almost biblical? that when he faces NFC teams, the Ravens are going to have an advantage?
3: I mean, there, there probably is definitely something to that, but uh, if you're not the AFC North, you don't see them all that much in the AFC either. I mean, a little bit, um, somewhat more often maybe, and certainly they've played some AFC teams almost every year that are not in their conference or they're not in their division. But I, I understand that, and I think it is true to con- – it is. I think it's hard to simulate – him. I just think it is and I watched that touchdown he threw. Um <clears throat> I think it was to Aguilar where he got be bailed out of the pocket and squirted away from the rush and you could see the Lions just so frustrated. They thought they had him. And I just think no matter whether you're the AFC or the NFC, it's incredibly difficult to simulate playing against him. I know teams put a scout team out there and they try to pre- pretend they're the other team's players for a week and a lot of teams will basically have a running back or a fast wide receiver be lamar jackson even if they can't throw very well but they want to simulate that and i just think it's hard to do i just think it's extremely hard to anticipate to even practice for when lamar jackson breaks down and starts playing street ball so that's afc or nfc um and the run of wins against the nfc is it, it is impressive i think there is something to that but i think i i just think that it's hard to prepare for him, whether you're the AFC or the NFC.
0: No. Maybe
3: it's a case where these NFC teams, over the historically that they've played, haven't been as strong as some of the AFC teams he's faced. But it's uh, you gotta you gotta tip your cap. I mean, that's an that's he didn't want to talk about it this week too. Someone mentioned yeah. that to him <laughs> on Wednesday, and he's like, no, 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 stop! Don't even talk about that.
0: You know what was so funny about that? I, it's not even like it's a perfect game. You know what I mean? Like, he has lost one. So that was kind of funny to me that he didn't want to talk about it. It's like, I understand when it's like a, a streak of some sort, but that, that streak ended against the Giants. So, like, why are you so worked up about talking about it?
3: Yeah, he would not, he would not go there.
0: Yeah, it was really funny. Um, You know, the Seahawks come in on Sunday – I I Bo I think that we underestimate Seattle. Um and I I don't know if it's just because Geno Smith isn't you know uh, Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow or Josh Allen, but that that roster is so wildly complete at almost every layer and they do so many things well. And I I feel like it's there's almost a danger in thinking that the Seahawks aren't like when I see a line that's nearly a touchdown I'm like I don't really understand that at all. I, I just feel like there is maybe not enough respect given to a Seahawks team that is really good almost everywhere on the field.
3: Yeah, I think they're good. I mean, <clears throat> they, you know, they've, they've I think people have questioned um, the schedule for them so far, but they, they, they're good. And I tell you what, you look at that wide receiver group, and it's the kind of group the Ravens would have Ugh. killed for over like the last 20 years. Um, it's an extremely impressive receiver group. And I know they've had some injury issues and it is Geno Smith operating it. And to his credit, you know, he, he resurrected his career. I think the feeling is that, you know, he is a step down from those other quarterbacks, but um, Pete Carroll's teams are going to come to play. There's no doubt about it. And I, I agree with you. I think it's funny that two weeks ago, the Lions came in, and they were just anointed as this elite juggernaut. And, and Seattle is kind of being viewed as a little bit of an afterthought relative to that, and you're right. The difference between those two may not be that
0: much. Um, Bo, as far as some things going on with the Ravens this week, I think that I, I, after Sunday when we saw Odell Beckham slam his helmet down, I, I spent you know a couple of days saying, I think I'm okay with this. I think that's the still the good side of competitive fire, like – he wants to be great he wants to be and i don't know that i have a problem with that in the moment i think a lot of people were maybe confused by his comments yesterday and like are we teetering towards the concern about if statistically he's not having the season that he's having it ends up becoming problematic for the team even though the team is winning and i i'm not i'm not there yet i don't think that that's exactly what's happening but you know that that, and I saw you tweet about it yesterday, like saying, "Obviously, I'm not where I want to be." Well, like I don't know, the the team's six and two, and things are going pretty well. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know yet what to make of whether or not maybe it's veering towards a, a somewhat of an issue.
3: Well, number one, i mean, he is a competitive guy, and all these guys are competitive guys that want the ball.
0: I mean, they're, they just
3: are. That's how these guys are wired. And so, sure, he wants the ball more. There's a couple of things going on here. Number, the first thing to remember, and, and I've had people tell me, well, Odell Beckham, they got you know 15 million. This is crazy. I can't believe they spent 15 million for what the production they're getting. And there's some. Let's face it, for 15 million, you would like to get more production than that. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, there was some other like ancillary value there. When they signed Odell Beckham, they had not yet re-signed Lamar Jackson. And I think Eric DeCosta was a calculated move to number one maybe move the needle on Lamar Jackson by bringing in Odell Beckham and also kind of placating a very uneasy fan base in signing Odell Beckham. So I think both of those things came into play in signing Beckham to begin with. The thing I'm concerned with now is, and, and I think the, the plays will be there and Beckham is drawing the pass interferences and those count in Lamar And John Harbaugh said as much, but I two two or three weeks now, Lamar Jackson has mentioned you know, we're going to get him a, we're going to get him a touchdown. We're going to get him a touchdown. And what I would be fearful of is Lamar Jackson forcing throws into the end zone to try to quote get him the touchdown and just making a poor decision near the end zone, because his goal and his focus is getting Odell Beckham that touchdown. So I think that's where the mistake could be magnified or the problem can be magnified. If they start forcing things with that purpose in mind and I'm not saying that happened. Like, I still think that fade pattern to him in the end zone of Pittsburgh was just a terrible call. It was terribly executed, and it turned out to be a huge interception. And I don't know that that that, that was just a fade pattern and that was the play all along, but I would be worried about Lamar Jackson trying to force something in the red zone to him because he's so consumed with this idea of getting him his touchdown. I think otherwise it will come. And, and, you know, like I said, Beckham's a competitive guy. He wants the numbers. It's it's how he's wired, and, and he's a little frustrated it hasn't been there.
0: And, again, I can live with that. I can live with just somebody wanting to be great. Um, it just it, it becomes problematic if the team is doing really well and you're still frustrated about where you are um, because I, I think we all, within reason, and I agree with everything you said about why Odell Beckham was signed, but I, I, if, if Odell Beckham came here thinking that he was going to have a 1,500-yard receiving season, then I, I think there are kind of bigger problems, and that's not what this was supposed to be. All right, uh, Bo, I know there, were, there was a roster move this week. Um, you can catch us up on that. And then I think a lot of people were panicked about the injury report on Wednesday, but it looks like most everything is shaking out where we at headed towards Sunday.
3: Yeah, well, the, 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 the biggest concern right now heading into Sunday is that Morgan Moses has missed both days of practice this week. I was not in Arizona, but apparently he left the last two series or so. His shoulder was really bothering him. He's missed two practices so far this week with his shoulder. So if he's not out there today, it seems like he would not be likely to go, in which case, Patrick McCarry goes back to right tackle. And let's, I mean, Patrick, where does this team go without Patrick McCarry? It's like, whatever anyone gets hurt, just McCarry, you get thrown in there. Just go play um so that's the biggest one i know stanley had mispracticed and gus edwards is mispracticed and beckham and but most of those people were all back and so uh it looks like moses is the most significant one now um when gus edwards mispracticed wednesday that was a little bit concerning because they had leaned on him so heavily but he was back yesterday and so um, they released cornerback Kevon Seymour. Marcus Williams is also back to practicing. So it'll be interesting to see if he's ready to go. He was, he's been limited, but you know, he was not in uniform until this week. This week was the first time he's been, we've seen him on the field in uniform. So he's getting closer. Um, they released Kevon Seymour. There's an open roster spot, but they've also brought Daryl Worley back from injured reserve. He's practicing again. He's another special team or D back. He's maybe that roster spot becomes him. Um, But it will be interesting to me. The two to watch for Sunday are Marcus Williams and Morgan Moses.
0: All right. We will continue to monitor that today as we get the final injury report. At B Smolka is, of course, how you follow him. Pressboxonline.com is where you see all of his content. Bo Smolka, always appreciate you, sir. We will talk to you again next Friday.
3: All right. Thanks.
0: Take care. That's Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. We are rolling on a Friday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by by the print issue of PressBox, which is available where any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, including your neighborhood Royal Farms. On the cover, Todd Karpovich. On the survivors, the position players from the Dan Duquette regime, That stuck around through some dark years and ended up being part of the return to glory for the Baltimore Orioles. Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, Anthony Santander. Great story about them. Also, college basketball preview content in this issue. A lot of reflection on Brooks Robinson. Available for free today, and you can always read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Sound like my voice cracked there for a second. I don't know what's going on. I I don't know what's happening whatsoever. It's because I'm wearing a tie. That's what it is. I'm allergic. I am allergic. You got comments on the stream
1: last week saying people like your tie, so I think it's a Friday trend.
0: I don't think... I I actually have to do it again next Friday. I have another game next Friday on TV. And then I will be free, free from the shackles that are wearing ties. Imagine. I didn't get a radio because I was going to have to wear ties. When I got into radio, I didn't think I was going to have to have anybody see my face either. I thought... Back in those days, this was the idea: is you got into radio because you you weren't you you just probably weren't cut out for TV. You probably weren't you weren't gifted with the traits that would be more desirable for television. Sons of bitches! Now with cameras everywhere, you got to do TikTok. Not for me. I'll never have. I'm the old man yelling at the cloud. All right, we'll come back in. Uh, We're going to preview the Seahawks side of Sunday. I really do think the Seahawks are a very complete team. I I get the concerns about Geno Smith, but it's a really good roster. Brock Huard is a morning show host out in Seattle, former NFL quarterback. We'll talk to him about that as well as Maryland-Penn State tomorrow, which he's calling for Fox. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. And use the promo code GlenClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler.
6: What's up everyone? It's Tyus Bowser and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next
0: highest Bouncer show is Tuesday, November 7th at Guilford Home Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the expertise to
3: make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every
2: day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s
7: from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for PressBox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at...
0: Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Well, speaking of... Of live casino and hotel grant i know you've been dying to tell everybody what's going on at live casino and hotel
1: was luck not on your side and your recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at live casino and hotel maryland will get ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th, 2024, all Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing slips into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week, 20 winners will be chosen. Prize ranges from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Apparel, Sports and Social Ultimate Happy Hour, and Cash and Free Play prizes up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1 800 Gambler. Not bad. Not bad, you stutters here,
0: not and there. bad, you're getting there. We'll get there eventually, thank you, Grant. I appreciate that. Yes. It is a Friday edition of the program. Grant is in with me today for Griffin Bass, getting ready for Raven Seahawks. <coughs> oh gosh, I don't know what happened there. That was uh hey, that was uh, um what you noticed well, no, I think a lot of people noticed well, who say a lot of people whoever's listening, I'm pretty sure they noticed. So, uh, Gunnar Henderson got some recognition last night as I, I the, is it next week for the major award announcements,
1: right? Yeah, next week, no, like November 5th or 6th, is when they start announcing Rookie of the Year, Silver Sluggers, Gold Gloves. I'll
0: look so it those are the official ones. But a couple years ago, the Major League Baseball Players Association started the Players' Choice Awards so that the players themselves could vote on the same things. And Gunnar Henderson was named their outstanding rookie, their version of rookie of the year. There is an opinion held that, well, it's cooler if your fellow players, if the guys who are going up against you are the ones that select it, it's even more meaningful than being named by the writers as Rookie of the Year. Maybe, maybe, but when we ask who was Rookie of the Year in 2023, 10 years from now, we're not asking who was the Major League Baseball Players Association Rookie of the Year. We're asking who won the official BBWAA rookie of the year award. The good news for Gunnar Henderson, he's almost certainly going to win that one too. So I don't I don't really have a strong take that I'm offering here because it's probably not going to matter. I just whenever we say things like that, whenever we say hey, this is this is even more meaningful. Well, I understand and appreciate the sentiment, but in practicality, no it's not. <laughs> It's not more meaningful. We know definitively who the MVP of the league is, who the Rookie of the Year is, and if maybe at some point in the future we want to have a conversation about which one we should recognize as the definitive award, sure, let's have that conversation at some point in the future. But at the moment, there is no debate about which one is the actual Rookie of the Year award or the actual... Cy Young Award, we know what that is, and when we talk about it, and when we revisit the history of the game, we're reflecting on who won those awards. But, again, the good news in this situation, almost certainly going to be Gunnar Henderson as well. Did you find out when? Um
1: Rookie, you want Rookie of the Year. So, Rookie of the Year will be
0: announced hmm? Hmm? on Monday, November 13th. Okay, so not this coming Sixth. Monday, the following Monday. So, ne- they always do it in the same week. So, next yeah. week will not be awards week. No. I always thought it would make sense to try to do it the week after the World Series, still capitalize on
1: They used to do it during the World Series. Years ago. It's been a long Series.
0: time since then. Because now they made it a TV event. Right, so MLB Network gets like an hour. Yeah. Um where they can think that they'll get you to tune in for an entire hour to make two announcements. Like, dude, this could be a tweet. Like with all due respect. Post. I'm not. I'm not gonna be watching an hour's worth of you announcing two names. Well, but
1: because I remember when they used to do um when Zach Britton got Mariano Rivera reliever of the Year, it that was during one, the World Series. But they don't yeah.
0: consider that a major award. Okay. So the major awards are Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, Manager, Manager of the Year, and MVP. Yeah. Those are their the, what they consider the major awards. So even the Gold Gloves and the Silver Sluggers, those also do not... They, they, I think the Silver Sluggers were announced earlier this week, right, during the World Series. and Or was it just the finalists? The, 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 nominies, not, the yeah, yeah, the finalists were announced. Um, so I don't know when they're announcing Gold Glove and Silver Slugger, but they are not part of the award week that MLB does with MLB Network and the BBWAA. That's Goal, a different thing.
1: Gold Glove is uh, next Thursday, November 9th, okay. and then the next day is uh, Gold Glove.
0: Well, what, you said Gold Glove both times. So one of them Silver Slugger. So Thursday is Silver Slugger. All right. Yeah. And then Friday they'll announce it's the Gold, Gold Gloves. With oh.
1: Rookie of the Year being on Monday the at The following PM. Monday. All right. Very
0: good. That's when we'll find out about all of these things. But Gunnar Henderson, named by his compatriots as the outstanding yeah, yeah. rookie and that's um you know that's that's Huge. that's, that's uh, it's definitely something i don't know where i am but it's definitely something uh, ask me if i want to talk about what happened to the phoenix suns last night what happened with the phoenix no no, no, suns no ask last. me if i want to talk ask me if i want to talk about it ask me glenn do you want to talk about what happened with the phoenix suns do you want last? to talk about the phoenix suns last sure, night sure don't now moving on god victor wenyama man it is it is unreal it is Un effing real. Watching that cat, like I, the 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 lady on the plane the Matt, that mf that isn't real. She was talking about Victor Wembenyama, dude. Like that guy is insane. As far as the football game last night is concerned, uh, Steelers hang on to beat the Titans. I I did some shtick about it on Twitter last night. I. <laughs> this is the embarrassing part. The embarrassing part is. We all continue to watch and we know exactly how mid Kenny Pickett is. Like, he is as mid as mid gets. But every time he ends up putting together, like, a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter, despite not really doing anything otherwise, it builds this concept that Pittsburgh fans have in their mind that, like, he's actually good because he has the it factor or moxie or whatever phrase you want to use. Kenny Pickett is mid-AF. But yet, when he gets protection, and because they have a very good defense, he has opportunities to go make plays. And for what it's worth, he made a couple last night, aided by a no-call on what should have been an offensive pass interference. And then when Will Levis had his opportunity, he didn't go down and make the plays. That's the reality of it. I'm not surprised that Pittsburgh won at home on a Thursday night because... I normally assume that home teams are going to win on a Thursday night unless, you know, it's just such a wild mismatch. that It's such an inherent advantage to be home on a Thursday night with with less preparation time that I always make those assumptions. I I still think Will Levis has shown enough that if you're a Titans fan, you're probably encouraged. You think you might have a quarterback. It's not going to lead you. The the AFC is too loaded for that to be a factor now. That's not you're not going to be able to get into the conversation this year. But this year will be important for monitoring and seeing if there's something on the horizon. Similar to how a year ago we all looked at the Lions and said there's something happening there. By the end of this year, it's possible we're going to look at the Titans and say there might be something going on there. That There might be a chance for them to become something moving forward. That it's, it's too late now because the conference is too insanely loaded. Like could they fight and scrap and and win some games? Sure, but they can't make noise. Even if Will Levis continues to play well, and again, when the lights shown the bright, shown the brightest last night, he didn't make those plays. No, it was his second career start. Right? Like I'm not, I'm not gonna come down too much on him about it. I think Will Levis is showing that there might be a there there with him, but it needs to continue. And it's not gonna matter for now. It's more a question of have the Titans perhaps finally identified a quarterback, something that, frankly, they haven't had since Steve McNair. They've, they've had moments. Like, Vince Young, for a moment, was competitive. Kerry Collins, they got by with him for a little while. But let's be frank, since 2005, the Tennessee Titans haven't had a real quarterback. They've had placeholders. They've had guys, you know, Marcus Mariotas who they hoped were going to become quarterbacks and who... You know, in moments, showed something that made you believe that they might become a quarterback, but they haven't had an actual quarterback in eighteen years. And at the moment, if you're a Titans fan is disappointed, and I don't even know who's a Titans fan, but as disappointed as you might be by losing game last night, you were probably gonna lose that game last night. and the bigger question is for the rest of the season, do you finally have something that you can build on at the quarterback position? I can't say that definitively after two games, but you've seen enough to make it think it's possible that you might finally have that guy that you can build with moving forward. Speaking of football, Raven Seahawks coming up on Sunday. We had the opportunity, his travel schedule, uh, meant we had to record with him a little bit earlier, but an opportunity to catch up with Brock Heward to talk Ravens, Seahawks, and Maryland Penn State, right here on Glenn Clark Radio. Hmm. CR, of course, former NFL quarterback, now with Fox Sports, as well as with 710 Seattle Sports. He is our friend, Mr. Bra- Brock Heward, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Brock, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's so good to catch up, as always. Thank you for taking the time for us.
8: Yeah, you bet, Glenn, we don't get to do this enough because we don't get the Seahawks and Ravens very often to <laughs> through the more established cultures in the NFL. And I know in Seattle, and I'm super excited to to see where these Hawks are. Great measuring stick game this weekend, and always fun to catch up with you.
0: I was thinking about this this week, Brock, because there are some people in Baltimore that will bang like the, the disrespect drum, right? They'll be like, wow, you know what? Why aren't the Ravens getting more love as a Super Bowl favorite? They're 6 and 2. You saw what they did to the Lions. And it's wild to me because I would think that in Seattle, there's got to be almost an enormous amount of that. At five and two, they're, they're still touchdown you know dogs on the road. Why don't you mm-hmm. think people are reluctant still to buy into this Seahawks team as being a legitimate Super Bowl threat?
8: Well, I would say nationally, Glenn, it's uh, two things: first name Gino, last name Matt. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I think from just the national optics level, it's like, yeah, you know, this is a, a good team, and Pete's a piece of great coach, and John Schneider's had two remarkable drafts, and, and they got a lot of young studs the Charbonnet guy, the Ken Walker guy, the Devin Witherspoon's a revelation. Phew. They got a lot of speed and a lot of great young players, but I think they're still nationally, and, and he kind of looked, and even after a great season last year where he broke franchise records and put up numbers that even Russell Wilson didn't put up from a yardage and touchdown interception all this stuff but there was still a yeah but he's you know yeah he's going to come down to earth yeah but he's good he's not great yeah he's just a a, a manager he's not a, a guy that's going to lead a team deep into a, the playoffs or even a Super Bowl so unlike Baltimore where you've got an MVP and a Super Bowl caliber guy in Lamar I think Juno Smith's a big reason Glenn why I think most a good team, but probably still not a great team in
0: Seattle. But as you point out, there is so much to like about the roster, and Geno did play really well and has played really well. Are we wrong to be dismissive of the possibility that Geno Smith could win a Super Bowl as the Seahawks quarterback?
8: Well, we're going to know, and, and just listening to Pete in his presser yesterday and, and being the flagship, of the Seahawks as our station is in Seattle. And we get to chat with Pete every Monday. He jumps on with Salk and I. And and you can just hear it, as as Mike and I have listened to Pete now for 14 years. You know, we've been together uh, for these Mondays and for these seasons. And Pete, he said this to us about four weeks ago, Glenn. He said, gosh, I just really love this scene. You know, and he hadn't said that in the last four or five years. There have been other dramas going on. And and I think most of us knew they were kind of hanging on to some of the past. They needed to turn this thing over. They needed to get younger, and now that they now that they have, they built a, a really good crew around Gino. But these next five weeks, and Pete said it yesterday in his presser, he said, "You know, these are the games where you do you judge yourself. This is championship level stuff, and we get to see where we're at. And in particular, and he didn't say his name, but we get to see where Gino is. Yeah. You know, it's Baltimore. It's going to be San Fran twice. It's going to be Philly. It's going to be Dallas. All of that is in the next seven weeks." So we're going to get to see where Geno is because, uh, I mean, Glenn, I've never seen a team with ten offensive linemen and they could play ten guys. They've got two great young running backs. They got three tight ends and Jackson Smith and Jigba with DK and Tyler. You got three receivers. So you you have a complete group there, and a defense that's playing better than it has since 2016. So it really a lot of it's going to fall on Gino and his ability. To take care of the football, which has been a problem the last three, four, five weeks, putting the ball in harm's way, multiple interceptions and in multiple games. So he's going to have to—he's going to have to match the people around him, and there's going to be a whole lot of judgment to see if he can go from good to great. Because if he can, to make a playoff run.
0: He is Brock Heward. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. We're getting ready for Ravens Seahawks. We're also going to talk a little Maryland in a second, as he'll have Maryland Penn State on Saturday. Um, Brock, the 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 secondary, what you brought up, it is nuts. Like with Witherspoon and and the young guys that were found later on the draft, I'm I'm almost jealous of everything that the Seahawks have been able to do. That all said, like is it a different animal facing Lamar Jackson? And what do you make of the fact that Lamar Jackson has only ever lost one game to an NFC team over the year? There's this thought that. It's difficult to prepare for Lamar Jackson when you don't see him as frequently. For as good as that defense is, is it a yep. different animal coming up on Sunday?
8: Yeah, I would agree with that sentiment. When you don't have the familiarity in the background and you're trying to, in the NFL, you don't get a lot of practice time. I know you get walkthroughs and you get a few hours on the field on Wednesday and Thursday, but you don't get the kind of time to prepare as divisional foes do, as even AFC foes that have faced him and know what that is like. So I do think that that is a big challenge and why he, he, along with just their physical makeup and their developed culture that John has built there, makes it very difficult for, you know, somebody on the other side of the conference to come in and tangle with them. But you need speed. I mean, if you're going to contain Lamar and the zone read and the RPO and the screen game and your tight end, in, you have to have speed at all three levels and if this were last year or the year before Glenn or the two years before that, you know, we were chatting on our show today. I think we got to go back to 2016. The last time the Seahawks defense was this complete Mm. and they've got it at all three levels and you have tremendous speed on the perimeter. You have tackling safeties in digs and Jamal, which you have to have. Jordan Brooks was in a contract year at linebacker. He and queen were drafted next to each other in that draft. Many of us wanted queen thought he was a little faster, a little more dynamic. I think over the course of their careers, Jordan right now has accelerated. He's playing at a different level with Bobby Wagner next to him. And then you had Leonard Williams this week with the trade deadline move, an absolute war daddy to rotate amongst a couple pretty good defensive tackles. So this is going to be awesome, man. I can't wait to see it. I don't think the Seahawks get throttled like the Lions do. Do they come out and win in Baltimore? I don't know. But my gut tells me as complete as this defense is on all three levels, as excited as they are going to be, the edge, the chip on their shoulder with Jamal, the energy with Spoon, uh, it's going to be more than likely a possession or two in the fourth quarter that will define it.
0: You didn't even mention Boye Maffe, man. It's just been unbelievable, too. Um, yeah. So, so what is the—and I feel like it's the wrong way to ask this. I ask this question a lot when, when the Ravens face inferior opponents, which is what is the roadmap. I don't think the Seahawks are an inferior opponent, but— what is, what goes right? What happens on Sunday for the Seahawks to be able to come across the country and beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens?
8: Well, they've done a great job in these environments, Glenn. They, they rise to the occasion. They love prime time. Each record, I know this is not Sunday night. I know this is not Monday night. But go look at his record on those nights and in these showcase games. He stands pretty tall with his team because they love to compete. They handle these East Coast trips better than any Seahawks coach did ever in the 30-plus years that preceded Pete Carroll. So I don't think any of that will be an issue whatsoever. It is just going to be the point of attack. And since came across the country and hit the Seahawks in the mouth, I remember vividly that fourth down. Lamar comes to the sideline, Harbaugh asks him, what do you want to do? So it's going to be about the tackling, as it always is. If the Seahawks can tackle in the open field, if you're looking at three, four-yard runs and not seven, eight-yard runs, you know, if they can contain that, they do have dudes that can take it away. They took it away three times in Detroit. They took it away three times in New York. They took it away three times last weekend at home. This is the team that could take the ball away, and I hate to be that simple, but you tackle, you take the ball away, you'll go to the East Coast and come away with the biggest win yet of the season for the
0: Hawks. Uh, Brock, I asked this knowing I, you know you've got so many games and so many teams that you have to watch. Have you been able to watch any of Lamar this season specifically?
8: Not enough to okay. compare and contrast. A huge fan of Monkin. Yeah. I thought that was a tremendous hire by John to kind of go outside the box and familiarity and bring a guy that's you know so innovative at Georgia. So I, I have not. I've just seen red zone, frankly, bits okay. and pieces. But I'm looking forward to kind of comparing and contrasting and seeing if he can take some steps to, to add a little more depth to their to their game plan, to their playbook, which I think they're going to have to do. Maybe not this Sunday, but you know this, Glenn. When you get to the playoffs and you get against familiar foes, too often they put Lamar in a box in the playoffs, and they've got to be able to expand it. So I'm kind of anxious to see his growth and development
0: in the system i'm telling you man. he has looked like an orchestra conductor at times this year he has looked so cool and comfortable there have been mistakes and he's fumbled the ball a few times but man he has looked and you know we've seen high level from lamar but this has been at times something even breathtaking uh what he has offered uh in this todd munkin offense uh brock uh, you know i mentioned you're going to be on the call maryland penn state as well on saturday for fox and uh it's rough times right now and there was a lot of excitement yeah. about this Maryland team and you know even when they lost to Ohio State they were competitive for a while and there was a thought that hey you pick yourself up you go in the next couple of games and there was maybe going to be a lot of excitement right we were thinking maybe the yeah. maybe big noon kickoff would be here in uh, College yeah. Park and things like that uh, it has not gone that route as you've been prepping for this game The discipline stands out to me significantly. Mm -hmm. Just the number of self-inflicted mistakes that I, I just don't know what to make of it. What else jumps out at you and what's gone South for Maryland these last couple of weeks?
8: Yeah, I think that's very fair. I would agree with you. We were kind of watching this unfold and thinking the same thing. And my producer, his, his girls both go to Maryland, one's a senior, one's a sophomore. So he was really hoping for this game and, and we ended up getting it, and largely because Penn State's still a viable playoff team with what they have on their schedule and everything else. And I've seen Maryland, I think, every year with Talia over the last four years. And, and I guess I start there with a little bit of a Geno Smith comparison, frankly, Glenn, where, you know, there's enough experience, and you're like, don't put that ball in harm's way. Don't turn it over. Don't make that decision. You know, that's a, that's a first-year starter decision. That's not a fourth-year starter decision. Just take care of the ball. And i got to watch the tape, and I find myself screaming that a bunch of times. Like, come on, man. Come on, Dalia, You played a ton of ball. Like, see the safeties, Take care of the football. Don't make that decision. So that's the simplest. That's the biggest target. That always is head coach and quarterback. But I think you're right. It, it is just also the discipline and belief to know, we, you know, we've got to be sharp here down the stretch to do this. You know, this isn't the non-conference. This isn't September. October, November, that, that record's pretty brutal unfortunately, for Mike over the last few years. And as you said, the discipline to clean it up and just the mindset to finish, finish, finish. I think they'll be competitive with Penn State. Penn State won't run away from them. They're not terribly explosive on offense. But is going to have to play a game, play in and play out, Series in, series out, and most importantly, when it matters the most in the final 15
0: minutes. What you just said there is important, Brock, because there are folks back this way that are worried that this turns into uttered, you know, like that you lose a couple of these games and you look at the schedule ahead, and even Rutgers and Nebraska are not cakewalks the way that they've played this season. Uh, is there any danger that this goes really south? And I, I, I say this, look, I, full disclosure, I, I like Mike Loxley a lot, personally, I think he was the right man uh-huh. for the job, and I still I don't think people understand how difficult of a job it is to be the football coach at the University of Maryland. It is not an oh, it is an unpleasant job to take. But boy, I I am a bit nervous about how the rest of the season goes. Is there any danger that it falls apart?
8: Well, they are a veteran team, Glenn, and they got a lot of good veteran guys up front at the line of scrimmage. You've got a quarterback that's veteran. You got veteran pieces kind of all over the place defensively, too. So you'd like to see those guys say, hey, man, enough is enough. And you really would have liked to have seen it at Evanston a week ago, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. But they got out hit, man. I mean, that was humbling tape to watch. The number of times he was sacked, the number of times they were harassed, the number of times Northwestern was hitting them without you hitting them first. So certainly Mike addressed that post game. he has in the press conference we'll meet with him tomorrow. But I will give true fans good news. If you want something to hold on to, Glenn, it was 1997, the last time that Kansas beat Oklahoma
0: hey. until
8: last weekend.
0: Until hey. last weekend,
8: when, when Benetti and Howard were in the house, the uprights were torn down. They were carried to Palmer Pond out of the stadium. It was 1984, the last time they beat a top-ten team. They beat Kansas in their own building. Utah went on the road two weeks prior as underdogs at SC. So if there's a crew to come in and be the difference and, and beat Penn staying at home for the first time since 1961, it may be this crew coming in. I
0: feel like it was Tessator for years who was like that. He was the he was the guy. Whenever he went, something magic had happened. I yeah. like this. Yeah. I like this idea of it being you and Jason. That's the new crew that's making magic happen all over the country. And I imagine that you're you're enjoying uh, college football season right now in the Pacific Northwest. I guess you've been too busy working to like actually be able to truly enjoy it, but it's got to be an awful lot of fun out there right now.
8: Man, Kaylin the can coach. You talk about a, a tough job. Being a Maryland football coach is. There's not the tradition and history like Don James built through the 70s and 80s and 90s at Washington and even New Isle with the Rose Bowl. So the resources and the place in the stadium and the environment you know with the right coach you can get rocking in Seattle and Kalen DeBoer man won 15 in a row he's 19-2 and taking over for Jimmy Lake that was a disaster so yeah they got it rocking and if they beat SC this weekend then I think your boy will get a home game which I will be pretty excited about to
0: follow away that'll be cool at Brock Heward on Twitter is how you follow him. And, again, Maryland, Penn State, Saturday at 3.30 on Fox. Brock, always appreciate you, man. You've been so great over the years. Thank you for taking the time for us. Enjoy your trip our way on Saturday, and we'll look forward to chatting with you again down the road. All right. I
8: appreciate it, Glenn. Thank you, man. And be well, and, uh, yeah, it should be a great game on Sunday between these Hawks and Ravens.
0: That's Brock Heward, of course, a uh, former Seahawks quarterback and um, now out in Seattle, but he'll be in College Park tomorrow for Maryland-Penn State. I admittedly, I, I, that dread, that existential dread, I think everybody knows that I'm an existential dread guy. I always panic. I always feel the, fear the worst. I think it's the Virgo in me. I'm feeling a lot of that right now. I'm feeling an awful lot of it. The number keeps moving, which is Bizarre AF to me. I don't know what to make of that. But right now, if you go to superbook.com or you download the Superbook app and you want to get a bet in for Maryland, Penn State, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. Because when you do that, you will receive up to $250 in a same day first bet match win or lose. In Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. The number was up at 10. It has come down to 8.5, which almost makes me worry that this is reverse locky. It almost makes me worry that someone knows something. And when I see the number move like that, because on, remember on Wednesday when we did picks, I was like, 10? That's not nearly enough. I'm on Penn State. The fact that the number has gone the other way, it always it makes me think someone knows something. And it makes me want to get money in on Maryland. So if you feel that way too, go to Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, sign up using the code glennclark 23 and you can get your bets in as uh, maybe you could make a little money this weekend. Perhaps uh, you'll be, maybe Maryland pulls off a stunner and you win some money and you get free bets. What a pleasant weekend that would be. Ah, God, that would be just great. So go do that right now. All right, we are winding down for hour number one of today's show. So far, nothing's on fire. Nothing has come crumbling down in the studio that I know of. So far, so good. I don't want to jinx anything. We come back in. Uh, We're going to catch up with Michael Pierce, Ravens defensive tackle who, of course, had just an absolutely monstrous game Sunday against the Cardinals. We will chat with him next here on Glenn Clark Radio. All right, we'll try this one more time. What do you think the problem might be? Remember, I just said everything was going so well too. I just you said it was it. all. Now you got to do two things. Is is number four unmuted? The
3: latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Eneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs. programs. Programs around the state. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressboxOnline.com.
0: Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with A Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights. Sing along to holiday songs. Reserve a carriage ride and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland, happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more.
5: In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it, set a budget and a time to stop.
2: Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today.
9: There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The casa Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday, and the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet, so check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders.
2: Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown, or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast,
7: and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think It's pretty good.
0: But, hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Friday edition of the program. Quick reminder that the Tyus Bowser Show returns next Tuesday night. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Tyus and a special guest will be with us. Hope that you will come out and join us as well for the Tyus Bowser Show. It's a partnership of PressBox and Gray Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by not only Superbook Sports, but also AJ Michaels and helpmygamblingproblem.org. Find out more pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We will see you this coming Tuesday night. Been three weeks off. It's time for you to get out and join us. And we love Guilford Hall Brewery. It's such a great place to hang out. Uh we it's kind of become a little bit of our home base for the Tyus Bowser Show. We always go back there a couple times a year, and we're really excited to be back there next tuesday night for the next tyus bowser show um got a response uh, to something that brock heward said tc hit me up and said i wonder and we're talking about the the 17 and one thing and brock heward pointing out that yeah there probably is something to the familiarity factor for nfc teams it is so hard for me to figure out t says tc says i wonder how that plays out this year as his first full year as a starter in 2019 was against the nfc west who now will get to see him for the second time this year, right? Like, he played the Cardinals last week, the Seahawks this week. Systems change, and so does the player, but I wonder if any of that familiarity helps. And what I'm struggling with, right, God, I'd loathe to, to give our friend Drew Forrester any attention whatsoever, but Drew, like, wrote something the other night after the World Series. Grant, I know you're a baseball guy. Drew writes on November 1st, DiMaggio's hit streak, Cal's games played streak, Tigers' consecutive cuts made streak, Texas going 11-0 and on the road in the playoffs. Those four things we might not ever see again. And to the point, he's probably right, right? Like, it's almost extraordinarily unlikely that we're ever going to see another team go 11-0 and the, on the road in the playoffs. But there's still no comparison between that and those other three things that he brought up. That's an anomaly. It Texas didn't wasn't so great at something. It's an anomaly, and maybe you want to compare it to Cal's streak of playing games. I, I'm not willing to give it that because I do think that's about physical conditioning, and it's about there are some inherent traits involved with that grit. Grit. I, I know grit's sort of like a funny word anymore when we use it, but I, there's something to be, to be said about that. When I ta- it's hard to talk about the Rangers going 11-0 on the road in the playoffs, because to me, it's no more than a historical oddity. The thing that I've compared it to is Cardale Jones winning the national championship for Ohio State a few years ago when he was the third-string quarterback. The third-string quarterback pressed into duty and all of a sudden just becomes magical for a couple of games. Never followed it up, never became anything, but for a couple of games, Cardale Jones was genius. And it will be eternally difficult to ever figure out how, why, anything along those lines. The Rangers going 11-0 on the road in the playoffs. Remember, if they lose one of the two games to Houston, they're out. It's not like they were so much better than everyone. They were obviously better than the Diamondbacks were. And they were obviously better than the Orioles. But the, the Astros, they were not obviously better than. They damn near lost that series. It's an oddity. It's an anomaly. The Rangers were really good in the playoffs. It's weird that they happened to win all the games on the road, and there's no way to explain it. There's nothing that you can come up with because there were pitchers that pitched in games at home and on the road. There's no way to define it. It's weird. They didn't bull rush the entire uh, uh, playoffs. They lost three games to the Astros. They could have been done in the American League Championship Series, and their World Series drought would have continued. They just happened to win all of the games on the road. You can't define it. You can't explain what occurred that allowed for that to be the case. No. It's an, an oddity. It's an anomaly. Cardell Jones was an anomaly. You can't... It's an oddity. I we won't look back. We'll talk about Vince Young and the national championship he won for Texas for the rest of eternity. In college football lore, we'll discuss it because it was a build throughout the course of the season. Vince Young played really good football all year and then got to the national championship game, which is the Rose Bowl that year, and played the best football we had ever seen him play. Cardell Jones, an nom- anomaly. And I can't figure out where the line is with Lamar Jackson going 17-1 against the NFC between it being significant, that it is a story about teams not being familiar with Lamar Jackson versus it just being an oddity. Lamar Jackson's won a lot of games against a lot of teams. He's very good. I'm not sure if... When the Ravens have had a healthy Lamar Jackson on the field, they've won far more frequently than they've lost against everyone, not just NFC teams. So what do we make of the fact that the record is so one-sided against NFC teams? It's not like he's been mid against AFC teams. So is it just happenstance? Is it, it, is it just one of those weird, quirky things that he's gone 17-1 and one against the NFC? Is there something to the familiarity factor Brock Hewart thinks there might be? I, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what to make of it. Lamar Jackson wins a lot of games against a lot of teams, like the, the only team that's as a team, you could argue, had his number and he hasn't played a lot of games against him would be Pittsburgh, and it's sort of been again, I think that's weird an anomaly more than it is that like Lamar Jackson was brilliant against the Steelers, was the highest rated offensive player in football against the Steelers this year and lost the game because his receivers didn't bother to catch the football. That's also an, an anomaly. I don't think it's because the Steelers. I, I, I my Steeler fan friends were like, "Dude, the Steelers just have Lamar's number." Like, that, did you did you watch the same game? He was genius. As Jim Nance pointed out the other day, yes, he made a bad the throat. The interception was awful. It was atrocious. But other than that, he was great in that game, and yet lost anyway. I that comes off to me as an anomaly, not as a, a greater statement. Look, when I said the other day, I'm taking the Ravens because the Ravens are 17, or DeMar Jackson is 17-1 and one against the NFC. I'm not, as a betting man, I'm not going to bet against it. It's a trend. But does it, does it definitively mean that he has an inherent advantage over teams he hasn't seen before? As I said to TC when I replied, I, I don't know if it even benefits the Seahawks to go back, like if Pete Carroll said, let's dive into the 2019 tape and figure out, of course, that was the famous hell yeah coach, let's go for it game um, in 2019. I don't even know if it benefits him to dive into the tape of that game because Lamar is different, because the team's different, because the offense is different. I, I don't even know that they can go back and learn from that in any way. Are there things that certain players do that maybe they've learned certain ticks that lamar might have about when he's going to take off I, I maybe but i really do struggle with this conversation i i know that i'm supposed to be like you know if i'm going to do my own show i'm supposed to be the guy that has i don't i don't know that's why we ask guys like brock heward like is it possible it's hard to define why Exactly, Lamar is seventeen and one against the NFC in his career. All right, um, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyaToyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Well, those jerks—they—they they decided they were going to practice right in the middle of our show. What the heck is that all about? So we—no, no, no, no not—I'm talking about the Ravens. Grant, no. Grant's looking to see if there's like a football practice going on in the grass out in front of the daycare across the way. Uh, So we had to catch up with Michael Pierce. Uh, uh, It's okay, buddy. You're going to be all right. We had to catch up with him a little bit earlier on, uh, but it's always a pleasure. He is one of our favorites, and he had such a big game on Sunday. Michael Pierce right here on GCR. Well, it's always a thrill to catch up with our next guest who has been having himself a season. And on top of that, boy, did he have himself a day against the Cardinals you know, five tackles, a TFL, a quarterback hit, a sack, a forced fumble, but you know, that's all. Joining us once again here on GCR, he is our guy, Michael Pierce. Mike, it's Glenn. It's so great to catch up with you, brother. Thank you for taking the time. Congratulations on a massive day.
10: Thank you for having me, my man.
0: Dude, we've talked a couple times this season, and I remember hearing the joy in your voice, just like getting involved again, just like being back out there with the guys and getting the swing of things for the season to have been going the way it's been going for you personally, for this team, can you possibly put into words what this has meant to you?
10: Uh it's really, really hard to, man. Um, you know, obviously you can't say dream come true because we're still in the middle of the season, but um everything that I feel like you work for, especially in the off season in those, you know, dark days of recovery, going through rehab and all that stuff, um, you know this is kind of what you envision you know happening so um just to be able to be healthy be able to be out here and um contributing to this team's success is uh everything i could have hoped for last did, year
0: did, did you know did like you have because you, you know you talked to us about all oh, the training your wife's had you doing and doing yoga and stuff like that did you know coming into the year did you find yourself saying i it, if everything goes right this is going to be a massive year for me did you have that feeling coming in
10: yeah, um, I felt like I was on the right to doing that last year. I uh, started off really strong with that Jets game last year and kind of played pretty well the next two. But um, no, nah, man, the last three years, I felt like I've been where I've envisioned myself, you know, second, third year in the league. I was like, I think I can take it to a level where I can be one of the best in the league. So um, that's what you work for. That's what you envision. And that's what you you plan for. Um, you know, God has other plans sometimes. But uh, thankfully, I've been healthy. Uh, this year to be able to, uh, realize some of those things.
0: Does it, does it make it, you know, you, what you've been through, does it make it so much more sweeter to like, I, I, I'm only imagining a day like Sunday, right? Cause the rest of us are all sitting back home watching and being like, oh my God, this is the greatest day ever. Do you, can you take it all in or are you just too locked in too zeroed into the next thing to have a moment to be like, wow, this, this is, this is what it's all about. Um, you know you have
10: your, your your quick moments you know when they ask you about it in interviews but um for me man it's just about trying to keep that momentum going um like i said these weeks don't stop uh you get a bye week ours isn't hasn't come yet but uh it's normally just about on to the next task and making sure you know you're available to make those similar type plays the next week and the next week and the next week so you do enjoy that success you enjoy watching the film especially when you have those really really good days career type days but um like I said, man, the Seahawks are coming in and you know, I, I get it. Sit there and uh rest on your lower. So no, nah, man, we've got a big game coming up and uh you know you look forward to contributing in a big way again.
0: All right, one more thing from Arizona. And I, I hope it's okay if I share this, because uh when I when I reached out to you, you were like, Bro, man, I my phone, it was just I, I was I was so loaded with messages. Uh, when you have a game like that and you get the kind of love that you get. What, what is that feeling like when you have so many, me- you can't even see through all of the messages that you've been getting from everybody.
10: Uh, it's kind of overwhelming, man. You know, you get the media stuff, obviously, but um, just when to have your phone blown up by, you know, college teammates and all your family members, friends, and all that stuff. It's uh, it's great to feel that kind of love just to know uh, your people are proud of you, but also like, you know, missing media things. You know, like, <laughs> uh, don't go as well, but no, nah, man, it's, it's great to be on a platform to be able to put a smile on a lot of people's faces that you know.
0: That's awesome, man. Michael Pierce is with us here on GCR. Mike, um, I have been wanting to talk to you. I know and you came out to do Tyus' show with us. And I, unfortunately, after that, um, I know that the conflict um, in Israel and with Hamas kind of began after that point. And I don't know that everyone is aware of your connection with Israel and how important it is to you. So if we could start there, could you explain to everybody why Israel has meant so much to you and why it's been so important to you as an adult?
10: Yeah, um, I'm a Christian. I don't try to hide my faith. Um, But in 2018, myself, our uh, team chaplain, Johnny Shelton, uh, one of our security guys from the Ravens, who unfortunately passed um rest in peace uh we all took a trip with christians united for israel Um, it was israel's collective is the name of the um foundation that basically brings in a lot of different groups of people and try to um tries to educate um people who aren't born in israel and you know anything privy to the conflict of the middle east so um you know you hear a few things in the media Uh, just being in America, you know, world news type things, um, but you never get to hear it like first person perspective from people who live in Palestine, who live in Israel, um, what the conflict is and how those different things go. So um, for me, it was more so learning, Um, obviously being in the land where I believe Jesus walked and had a lot of miracles go on and different things of that nature uh, for me. So just being there was awesome, Um, seeing the different historical sites um, just like other people would, you know, journey to America and have different, you know, things that they want to see. Um, just being a, being over there, learning from people who live there, trying to understand the conflict between the two was um really eye-opening and uh, changed my perspective on a lot of things.
0: Where has your heart been as you've watched these scenes and the terrorist attacks? Um, and and I know it's such a complicated conversation on some levels, mm-hmm. on other levels, it's not. It's just pure evil. Um, right. Where where has your heart been as you've watched all of this unfold in the last few weeks?
10: It's been really hard to look at, man. I try to keep my eyes off of that stuff as much as I can. But, you know, with social media, you know, you obviously read about different things. Um, you know, as far I'm not into the political aspect of anything, uh, my heart just goes out to the people who are really, really having their lives torn apart, losing family members. Um, just like any war in any country, when you see those devastating pictures, when we had um the war in okay, uh, Ukraine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you see hospitals being bombed and all those different things as well. Like the Gaza Strip being bombed and people just being displaced, children hurt. Um, and it, it tears your soul up. So, um, I try to not take in as much as I, you know, as, as much as you just want to keep looking at it, it's nothing that, you know, I can do per se. Um, but just, um, just making myself aware of what's going on and kind of just praying for people because, you know, while we live in a a a, a peacetime here in America, different countries go through different things all the time. But being in a place that I've been in personally, it's a uh, it's just tough. Uh,
0: is there anything you would want? You know, and I realize that you're not speaking on behalf of a people. Like I understand, you're one guy. You know, you're a football player in Baltimore. But would there be anything that you would want people in Baltimore to know about the Israeli people, about the time that you spent there? and and what it means to you and what you think it should mean to the entire world
10: um you know you i feel like just through social media you see things and it doesn't always register with you because you know you have no connection to it like when certain people die who are of you know celebrity or importance you kind of feel a type of way if you've been touched by their music or something sure like that. um that's kind of how i feel about that man it's just um you know, most people probably wouldn't have a connection unless you're of israeli descent or something but um like i said i'm sure there's two sides to every story and you know conflicts and all this other stuff has to be resolved it's political but um just to know a few people who live there um like i said see places that i've been around and and devastated is um it's pretty heartbreaking man so like i said these are these are people just like you and i they're living in their home you know doing their normal thing and you know things break out and things happen so um no nah, man i just want to remind people like these are people these they live their lives just like we had 9 11 and how everybody kind of heart poured out to people who've been affected same type thing even though it's a different little situ- circumstance but um no nah, man those are those are amazing people they live in a you know holy land if you will but um like i said they're normal people and they've been affected and like I said, it's something that we all should, you know, keep our own and understand that, you know, the politics are the politics, but at the end of the day, those are people being affected in their lives are, are changing. That's
0: Mike, something. I I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate your words, Michael Pierce, with us here on GCR. Um, Mike, I, I wanted to ask you about two other guys that that one. I feel like everybody was everybody saw you, everybody was celebrating you. The guy that I don't know got enough love, and I'm just as guilty of it. But after I looked at the film again, Travis Jones on Sunday, man, what should we know about the work that he's doing that perhaps it's not all showing up statistically? Yeah,
10: no, Travis is amazing, man. Um, I'm blessed to have somebody behind me like him. Um, He's is an amazing player but he's going to be really really special this he just keeps developing and getting more time um Travis does a lot of things like myself that doesn't get noticed all the time but that dude is he's massive uh shoot I not don't, I don't even know you don't want to hello to you, you know Travis but <laughs> it's 4, 340 he can move really well so you know he's in that bigger mold taller mold of nose guard who can just play man. And um, like I said, as he starts to gain confidence each and every Sunday that he plays, um, I think by week 14, 15, they ain't going to be, you know, they'll be worried about myself and everybody else, but he's going to be, he's going to be one to deal with. for that, a
0: That's exciting. Boy, that's exciting. Um, the other guy, everybody talks about Roquan, but the speeches I, we're, we're hearing more about, roquan's pregame speeches and you know we're in baltimore right where we've, we've we're have we used to there's been an inside linebacker for a long time that was pretty good at these pregame speeches to the point where like a generation of athletes would play ray lewis speeches like on their their headphones before the games um <laughs> tell me a little bit about roquan and and specifically what he's been doing to try to fire you guys up before game um
10: you know some people call him uncle ro man he just has a <laughs> on the sands like outside of these pregame speeches uh he's, he's a really funny dude um he lives breathes eats sleeps football um always locked in always on task normally always where he's supposed to be but uh nah, his pre-game speeches man you just feel it i you know being around him every day you know that it really comes from the heart and when he wow. speaks, says certain things it's not just for the cameras and that's kind of where a lot of things get lost in translation some people you know no shade to anybody else but some people say thanks for the camera because they know the camera's on them but no nah, when Rose speaks kind of like Ray Lewis I wasn't there for that but I was one of the people in high school who listened to Ray you know through my headphones so did you I'm, really yeah yeah man no nah, I mean I played linebacker in high school a long long time ago but uh no nah, man I looked up to Ray Lewis big time so um just to hear Ro and you know know that Everything he's saying, he means when he says he's going to try to rip somebody's head off. You got fine for trying to rip somebody's head off. So, uh, <laughs> no, nah, man, you have an emotional leader, a physical leader like that. Uh, it's easy to fall in line and get behind him, but um, no, nah, man, he's uh, he lives east and breathes football. You see it, and obviously, you know, the people who hear his speeches, they they know, they know,
0: dude, th- this is 31 sex. You guys lead the NFL in sacks. This was a defense that I think a lot of people thought might take a step backwards, right? With Calais gone this year and some of the other pieces why how do you pinpoint that this unit has been even better than I think everyone anticipated you might be coming into the year.
10: Um I think just because we don't always have the we don't have the mega names you know the future hall of famer names i don't know what you know marlon's career end up like or kyle or anybody else's but um we don't have that big 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 name this year um you know people may have felt like we may take a step back or not but we just have a whole bunch of hungry guys so you see, seen justin metabike turn to the next coming to aaron Donald. uh he's he's is a big name but as we start playing these tv games these night games thursday night sunday night monday night um they're not gonna have any uh any way to not acknowledge him right so um meta has turned into a star jd clowny has turned back the clock and been playing well we get doff healthy um myself i'm back healthy so i'm contributing obviously roquan and patrick queen you know i mean just those front seven not let alone how kyle hamilton's grown obviously marlin is marlin uh if we get marcus williams back um all these guys are playing geo right I would say we ain't even gotten to Gino and B Steve yeah the interception machines that they've been so um like I said those guys are hungry guys who are you know behind I mean yeah some of the best in the league who just happen to get their chance to play so I feel like that about Travis he's behind he could start basically probably anywhere else um I could say the same about Brody obviously we brought him back and paid him so um we got a lot of hungry guys who will continue to make a name for themselves, especially like Justin and Gino, obviously, and B. Steve. Those guys are playing their best football, you know, when they're needed. So um, if those if those injuries happen and they don't, we may not be sitting here talking joyfully about very <laughs> Pray for all those guys, but not. We have some guys who, you know, as we start to go down the stretch and play really good teams throughout the, the end of the year, um, the media is going to start to recognize them as well.
0: I'm I'm not gonna try to like get you to say something, but does it feel like something special is happening? Does it does it feel watching you guys from afar? I think a lot of people have started to say, like, it feels like there's something special about this group, right? Like we know how well my God, Lamar's been a a video game again, right? Like he's been insane. Does it feel like there's something special brewing with this group right now?
10: Yeah, it does. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I played on that 2019 team. Obviously, that's lofty goals and lofty expectations, but just like that team had, I think one core thing is we have guys who are not only together and everybody preaches brotherhood, but we have a whole bunch of guys who believe and you don't see guys like Gino and guys like B Steve just pop off the film. If they didn't believe or if they didn't put in the work like they were starters in the off season. So we had a whole bunch of guys who were hungry. You know, like I said, everybody thought we may take a step back, but um, like I said, we have met a BK playing at all pro level um, and we're just as happy for him as, um, ourselves so we have a whole bunch of guys who take pride in other people's success and that's something that goes for the offense and the defense and um when you have that and you have a belief like we have and we're all working towards a common goal you can do some pretty special things so um don't want to get ahead of ourselves I get it but um no nah, man I, we all believe and we work we're working to you know achieve the ultimate goal for sure
0: dude. I was, uh, I was jumping off my couch. My kids were like, why, why are are you so excited? And I try to explain, I'm like, you don't understand. This is one of my favorite dudes. This is, it's, it means the world to me. And I know how much it means to you from our conversations to see this season that you've been having after everything that you've been through the last few years, brother, I am so unbelievably happy for you. May it continue. Right. Yeah.
10: Yeah. No, that's what we're working for, man. The season doesn't stop after six, seven, eight games. So, uh, No, man, we, uh, I got a long way to go and, uh, hopefully I can keep improving and and bringing guys along with me and playing as well as I plan on playing for
0: the rest of the year. Brother, I'm so happy for you, Michael. Thank you for taking a couple minutes for us this morning, dude. It is always good to catch up with you. Thank you very much, brother. Have a good one. That's our guy, Michael Pierce. What a day he had against the Cardinals last Sunday, an absolute monster best player on the field. And, um, it's just so cool, man. What a story of somebody who's been through a lot of things, who left Baltimore and it just didn't go the way that he wanted it to go in Minnesota, came back here probably with not a whole lot of expectations this time around and gets on the field, has the season cut short uh, after one game. And I imagine a lot of people were sort of like, eh, it's probably a, probably over for Michael Pierce. And my God, has he been good this season. He has been an absolute menace this year, and it's been awesome to see that. You guys, I don't hide the affinity that I have for Michael Pierce, um, someone who I've always liked a whole heck of a lot, and it is just really cool to see that unfold for him. Appreciate him taking the time for us, as always. All right. Um, stand the Fan Charles has had a busy week. He's not here today, but last night he caught up with uh, Eric Garfield, Mr. Prospect Man himself down in Sarasota, Talk about... The Orioles pitching prospects moving forward. Earlier in the week, Stan and Ross Grimsley got together with the great Rick Dempsey. And if you missed that show, you can find it right now. Facebook.com slash Sports. Click on the videos tab. Go to YouTube.com slash Online. Stan, Ross, and Luke are scheduled to return to their weekly Monday conversations next week. But as always, TBD, got to be a little bit flexible, but the shows are always available on demand. When we come back in, we did the whole college basketball preview show yesterday, but we still have one more to go as we weren't able to connect with Larry Stewart from Coppin State yesterday, so we're going to do that today. That's coming up as we continue along here on GCR. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, SuperBook Sports. This fall, SuperBook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, SuperBook will give you a bonus of up to two hundred fifty dollars when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code Glenn Clark twenty three G L E N N C L A R K two three. So bet with the. And use the promo code GLENCLARK23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
6: What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and Gray Ace memorabilia.
0: The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org.
9: There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casa Sin is, is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great And varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The CostasIn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410 477 1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. The Orioles brought us a summer we'll never
7: forget in 2023, securing their first division title in nine years. And while the playoffs ended quicker than we had hoped in Birdland, the future is brighter than ever. I'm Paul Valley, and along with Zach Goodman, we'll be with you on the bat around all offseason, warming our hands by the hot stove. From the GM meetings to the winter meetings to the start of spring training, the bat around has you covered for every trade, signing, and transaction as the Orioles look to revamp and regroup for another postseason run. You can watch the show every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at YouTube. Dot com slash Pressbox Online or Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or you can listen at PressboxOnline dot com slash radio. So tune into the bat around every Saturday right here at Pressbox. What company
3: has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com
0: visit harford county gear up for the holidays by supporting local with small business saturday on november 25th take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux christmas at Ledoux topiary gardens enjoy holiday lights sing along the holiday songs reserve a carriage ride and sit on santa's lap in bel air's winter wonderland happening every saturday from november 25th until december 16th nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade head to visit and click on events to see the full list of parades and so much more in maryland you're welcome
7: sure glenn may be in his 40s now but he looks just as good as he ever has and he's still as sharp as he ever was and i say both those things without even a shred of irony find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressbox sports or youtube.com slash pressbox online so
0: yesterday, we did our college basketball preview show. We do it every year. Our buddy Patrick Stevens at Discourse, the Washington Post, and other locations, Blue Ribbon, all those places. Um, he joined us in studio, and we had the opportunity to catch up with uh, a number of the area's college basketball coaches. At glenclarkradio.com, I created a landing page. So if you go there right now, where we posted all of the uh, audio and video from the various coaches that joined us yesterday. In studio, we had... Um, Oh, Pat Scarry from Towson, as well as Tavares Hardy from Loyola, and also Kevin Brodus from Morgan State. We also caught up with um, Jim Ferry from UMBC, as well as Dan Engelstad from out at Mount St. Mary's. I, I, as I always say, if if that content's not for you, if you just checked out yesterday, I understand. I would encourage you to try. I know right now we're thinking about the Ravens, and there's not a whole lot of room for other things at the moment. I get it. I, I really do. But at least be aware. I, I keep trying to say, like on a Saturday afternoon, especially, unfortunately, if Maryland football continues to play the way that they've been playing recently, look at the schedule. Get out and check out games. I, I can't tell you. And look, I I have always been a fan of local college basketball. It's our thing. It's a thing that we have. If you're a Capitals fan, that's I I, I don't want to fight. i have over it. I don't want to fight about it anymore. If that's what gives you joy, God bless you. I, I will never understand associations with Washington. I won't get that. It'll never be for me. But if you are, you know, do you. Unless, it's, of course, that you're a Red Sox fan, in which case, I'm, I'm sorry. You're uh, no I, what, If that gives you joy, then you're a terrible, soulless person. What I would say is, I would always encourage you to poke around if you've got kids, do you understand the joy, of my kids? Then when they go to games at Towson, at Loyola, at UMBC, at Morgan, they, they feel like they're at game seven of the NBA Finals. They don't know any better. It's awesome for them. Students are into it. It's loud. It's, they love it. So I just encourage you to support local right? Like, other people talk about buying local. Like, go to a local farm. Things like that. Well, I do sports here. Support local. Get invested and involved local. We got a big football game at Stevenson tomorrow. Come out and check it out. It's a good one. Against a good King's College team. Check it out if you're frustrated about how Maryland's going. Support local. It's (sighs) We don't have an obligation to do it. I don't want to try to make it seem like it's some sort of you know a holier thing or or bigger than what it is, but there's a lot of cool things locally that you might not know about, and that's why we do the show every year. if it's not for you, fine we came right back and we did plenty of ravens today, did we not overwhelmingly, and that's what we'll do moving forward overwhelmingly, but we will we will be catching up and checking in on what's going on with local college basketball teams and with that in mind, one of the coaches that we didn't get the opportunity to chat with yesterday because of their practice schedule. Uh, but we did get the opportunity later in the day to uh, catch up with uh, Coppin State coach Larry Stewart as he gets ready for his first season at the Helmet is All-Modder, and we'll take a listen to that right now here on well, GCR. Well, this week here on GCR we have been previewing the start of college basketball season locally, and it's time for us now to preview Coppin State as the Eagles kick off the season Monday night at Virginia Tech before their home opener next Thursday night uh, against Towson. It's a pleasure for us to welcome back into the show... The first-year head coach of the Eagles and Coppin legend, he is Coach Larry Stewart, and he's with us now on the program. Coach, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, no,
11: no problem, Glenn. Uh, thanks for having
0: me. Absolutely, Coach. So, I just you know, from where we were, I remember chatting with you after you, you got the job initially. What have you already learned? You know, for for someone who's a Copping legend, Copping's in your blood. What's something that you've already learned about being the basketball coach at Coppin State?
11: Well, the first thing I learned, is that you're going to have to have patience. Right? <laughs> because, you know, these guys, you know, these student athletes don't learn at your rate. And so I've learned very quickly that I have to have patience. You know, they, they don't see it the way I see it. And so I have to, uh, you know, have that patience, let them grow and make mistakes.
0: Um, how, how have you uh, like, you know, how have you grown? Like when you say I've got to have patience, have you already noticed yourself like saying, Hey, I'm doing things a bit differently than I expected that I would just because it's what it's what's necessary in order to do this job.
11: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, I've learned that very quickly because you know, for one, I, uh, started off, you know, early on with not having my full team. And so a lot of things that you put down on your practice plan, you know, now when you come down, there, you don't have four or five guys that are ready to go, so you have to adjust and you have to change. And so that's what I've learned very quickly that you know you have you have to have patience. Um, you know, like I said, you know you want things to happen at a at a at a rapid pace, but that's just not how this game is going to be played.
0: Coach, how did you go about putting your roster together for this season? I, I know this is a difficult thing to do, um, not just as a first year head coach, but you you know you taking over a program that you know, maybe isn't at the highest level of college of, of division one basketball. What was the thought process for you and how you were going to get a roster together for this season?
11: Well, I was kind of uh, lucky with that. Um, I knew the guys who was, who would be returning from the uh, previous year. And so I just, I knew I had to build around that. And, uh, you know, just being in the league and and already being an assistant coach, you know, your job is a little bit different when you're doing a lot of recruiting. So, you know, I was already in contact with a lot of guys or knew a lot of guys or, more, or knew of a lot of guys or, you know, have been uh, uh, talking to guys, trainers, and coaches and all that. And so it just made that transition a little bit easier once I became the head coach.
0: I know from the roster last year, some of the guys at the top are no longer there. But who, who were the guys? I know Spurlock's one of them. But who are some of the guys that have stuck around that have been key for you in making this transition?
11: Well, like you say, you have Greg, you have Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah Gross, you have Justin Winston, you have Malik Battle, and you also have Luca, uh, uh, who who's also came back. So um, they have five guys who kind of like you know play Division One basketball. They they've been here at Calton, so they know the lay of the land, and you know they know how to get things done. And so it, it was kind of uh, lucky with that, you know, having some guys that wanted to come back.
0: How do you see this team? Like you know, do you see anyone stepping up as sort of an alpha in practice and someone who? You know, is is ready to take on that maybe more key scoring role for this team?
11: Yeah, I have I have a few guys who can who, who can step up and, and fill that role. Um, it's just you know trying to get these guys to be consistent and understanding that just because you did it today in practice, uh, you got to do it you know the next day and the next day and the next day. And so, um, good players are consistent, and so um, you just have to get them into that mindset. You know, there's a difference between the lion and the dare. and so. You know, we want all lines when we're in between the lines. And so you're trying to, you're trying to get guys to understand that. And, you know, like I said, you have to have the patience to know that it's going to take a while for those things to happen.
0: He is Coppin State basketball <laughs> coach Larry Stewart, and he is with us here on GCR. Uh, the million-dollar question, I think, Coach, is how are things going with your brother? And, like, do you, like, I'm sure you guys have been competitive your entire lives. How is it handling now being, like, boss and assistant?
11: Uh, I mean, I've I've always been the boss, you know, I'm I'm the older brother, you know, so, you know, I've always been the boss. I changed his diapers, you know, I fed him, you know, I always had to take care of him. So, you know, that's that's not going to be an issue.
0: (laughs) uh, You know, being the older brother, have you guys always been competitive throughout your entire lives? I mean, how
11: can you not? You know, we grew up, you know, in a tough, you know, tough North, North Philadelphia neighborhood. So everything was competitive you know uh, competitive with your friends growing up and so you know that that kind of like trickled down into the household and so um yeah you know uh we we've always been competitive all three of us
0: that's cool that is really really cool and what does it mean to you you know to, to, like it's not like you guys haven't been together but to be now to be the head coach with your brother on the staff at your alma mater have you have you had a second to like think about how uniquely special that is
11: yeah, I mean, you know, I I thought about that, you know, even in the, you know, once I knew I I was uh, going to have the job, you I know, mean, I thought about that. It was always in my mind. So, you know, but not only my brother, you know, my other two assistants, Turk Ramad and Sydney Ranks, you know, mm-hmm. so um, I, I basically raised those guys, uh, you know, also. And so it's it's just a special, exciting time for all of us. You know, we 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 all know how blessed we are to be here uh-huh. academic, I'm a mater, and so we just we just gleaming with a lot of pride and just can't wait to, uh, you know, get things started.
0: I remember you talking to me after you got the job about, like, having a moment where, like, the emotion kind of hit you. Like, this is real. But, like, now that we're getting to games, like, you're, you're going to be playing a game in just a couple of days. Um, I, I know that you got to worry about, like, all the intricacies of the job. But have you allowed yourself the opportunity to pause and think about being here and reflect on what it means for you to be the head coach at Coppin State?
11: Yeah, that that time has already gone and passed. You know, I I didn't reflect it. You know, I I can't – I'm not the type of guy who, you know, is going to reflect long. I I did that. You know, I know how blessed, you know, I am. I know the opportunity I have in front of me. And so I I, I did. I I thought about that for a while. But now, you know, it's game time. It's go time. And so um, I just have a different uh, thought process and just trying to, you know, trying to get this team ready to go down there to Blacksburg and try to come out of there with a
0: win. Um, you know, coaches, you know, on the outside, the expectations aren't significant. Uh, you know, that's the way it works. With you know, Normally, these preseason uh, projections basically look at how a team did a year ago, and that's basically all that it is. What What will it take for your group to be able to step up and be competitive in the MEAC this season? Uh,
11: well, number one, we got to play harder. We have to be selfless, right? We have to be the best team out there doing the little things. You know, I need everybody doing their job. and. uh Just everyone, you know, understanding that, you know, the name most definitely on the front is is way more important than the name on the back. And so if I can get, you know, uh, uh, 15, 16 guys with 10 toes in, you know, the sky's the limit.
0: So then the next question, who are among the newcomers? Who are the guys that we should be aware of? Who are the guys that are likely to step up and, and have some roles with your team this season?
11: I mean, I'm going to say each and every one of them. You know, they all—they all are unique. They all can do certain uh, specific things, and so I, I see me using them all. It just—it um, it, it, it just will really, really depend on their growth and how fast they grow and how committed they are to this team.
0: Can I ask but you they all uniquely that? have
11: their own own skill set that you know can play can play a significant role in
0: the game. Can I ask you about one of them specifically, just because you know what it's like for, you know, Baltimore people love when Baltimore kids succeed. Camaron Sparrow, uh, the guard out of Newtown. Can you tell me about that young man and the opportunity that's in, in front of him?
11: Well, I think he's one of my best. You know, he's, a, he's a, uh, he can. He's the kind of guy who's on the floor who can do multiple things. He can defend, he can shoot it. He can, you know, he can put it on the floor. But, my uh, my biggest thing that uh, I am happy about is that he is locked in on what we're doing defensively. And so um, um, I, I know that he's going to have a great long career. Um, um, just, you know, he just has to stay committed to the things that he is doing right now.
0: Coach, I, I just wondered before I let you go, um, in, in, in hearing from some of maybe your former teammates and other Coppin alums, other guys that maybe played for Fang, have you gotten the sense for what it's meant to them that you're in this role and have you been able to maybe work on trying to, to create more of a relationship, getting more folks out, more involved with the program moving forward because of how much it means to you?
11: Yeah, most definitely. You know, it's, it's uh, uh, all, of, all the alum, former teammates, everybody, you know, we, we have our group chat where we have conversations and so, um, they all looking forward, you know, uh, uh, to uh, uh, this upcoming season, and they all just, uh, like I say, uh, glooming and brooming with a lot of pride. And so, um, yeah, we, you know, we, we, it's, it's, it's been a great time for them, you know, just like it has been for me. All
0: right, the season, as I mentioned, gets underway Monday night at Virginia Tech, and then the home opener next Thursday night. Great local rivalry against Towson at the Physical Education Complex. Coach Larry Stewart, uh, really excited to see your team, your guys this season. Can't wait to get over there and check you out in person. Thank you so much for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning to preview the season. No
11: problem. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Go go Eagles.
0: That's Larry Stewart uh, getting ready for his first season in charge at his alma mater, Coppin State. Appreciate him taking the time, and we have already added that to our landing page with the other area college basketball coaches at glenclarkradio.com. All right, we are already winding down for a Friday edition of the program. Not planning on doing the 12.30 thing or the 1 o'clock thing today, um, most because I got a couple things I got to do this weekend, uh, including a game tonight. That's why I'm wearing this stupid shirt and tie. Uh, Grant, uh, you got a a tidbit for us, I hear? You're going to do that? I like. I like that. Today, Tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What you got?
1: We're going to go back to the World Series real quick. Corey Seeger is just the fourth player in MLB history to win two. Uh, we World
0: actually Series did this yesterday. We did. It's okay. It's okay. It was Koufax, uh, Gibson, and Jackson, correct? Yeah. yeah. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. You have something Do you else?
1: want another Corey Seeger stat? Because I got another
0: one. Sure. Give me another Corey Seeger stat.
1: So, ran into this last night. He has the second most home runs amongst shortstop shortstops in postseason history. He's got 18. Uh, of course, he had that massive game-tying home run in game one off Paul Seawall, But who is number one and who is number three in front and behind him?
0: And again, the stat is most... Second most, most home runs. Right, but yeah, most home runs in one postseason?
1: In all time. Short In all time. All, all time, time for shortstops.
0: For shortstops. Okay, Alex Rodriguez. I guess because some of them were at third base.
1: Yeah, oh uh, yeah. When he went to the Yankees.
0: See, anytime we do something like this, you assume they all have to be modern because there's so many more playoff games now than there were years ago. And shortstops
1: are more powerful. Well,
0: yeah, there's also that too. That's yeah. fair. But... I- anything, even if we were talking about first baseman, I would assume that they were all modern because, again, there's just so many more chances for a... Uh,
1: one is active and one is retired in okay. the Hall of Fame,
0: too. One is active one is retired and in the Hall of Fame already. One is retired and in the Hall of Fame already. Well, I doubt it's Cal Ripken. Nope. Um, I don't think Ernie Banks played enough to... Modern
1: Banks role. would be a good guess. So. I guess
0: Jeter is the answer. There you go. Yeah, that's the he's all time with twenty. It's the problem because you always dismissed Derek Jeter because he wasn't a power hitter, but it just yeah. the sheer number of playoff games that he played with was just Yankees. so overwhelming that he had the opportunity to do all of that.
1: And then the home runs would just come in clutch times for him.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. So all right. Don't don't give me anything. Let me let me more, let me work my way through this. Active player, active, active player. Yep. Um, it's uh, Ozzy Albie's.
1: No, nah, he's a second. I, I I I categorize him as second
0: base. Yeah, I guess. Um, hang on a second. Uh, Jesus! This is shouldn't be this hard for me. I should just be able. To, who makes sense is what I'm. So it's not Dansby Swanson, I'm assuming. Nope. Correa. You got it. Oh, okay. All right. He
1: has. He's tied with Sieg uh, with 18.
0: I guess again, consider the sheer number of games the Astros played. Yeah, 15. And then you know he got a couple 18, more. With 19, I don't even know if he yeah. hit a home run with the Twins this year in the playoffs, but right. That's um. I guess that shouldn't be all that surprising. Again, these are like it, it's difficult these statistics because like we, you go back how many years now? It's, it's actually probably fifty years yeah, since yeah. If you are going back, if you'
1: saying like Ernie Banks, you are heading towards years. well 50, 60 50, years, 50
0: yeah. years ago. They didn't even have league championship series. No, they just had a World Series. That was it. That was the entirety of the playoffs. So sixty nine was the first league championship series because remember famously the Orioles won the first three ALCSs. Right. Um, and then it wasn't you didn't have a division series until the nineties, and then you added these wild card. Like now it's just the sheer number of games is overwhelming. The so potential
1: it, of at least near twenty nine thirty games in the playoffs. Yeah.
0: So it's just so many more modern names that end up on these lists. Right. right is that it?
1: Do you want one more? Because I got one more on me.
0: All right. You can go one more.
1: So the Rangers just scratched themselves from the teams that have not won a World Series uh, yes, in who's left history. Who's left? Seattle. That's one. Colorado. That's two. Tampa. That's
0: three. Oh God, who's the other one?
1: These may surprise you. No, one, at least one of them no, uh,
0: the Brewers, right? The That's Brewers? the one that kind of surprises
1: yeah. me. This for actually as long came as you've up in around. This actually
0: came up at trivia like three months ago, and I really did struggle. I'm like. They didn't win one, right? They didn't win. I'm like, I, it took me a little while. But then I remembered after we did it at Trivia that the Rangers were on the list and they had to come off the list. So um, that's the list. One no? more. One more? Yep. Piss. I thought that was the list. All right, hang on a second. Hang on. I'll leave you to it. Hang on. I'll remember it. It's not them. It's not them. It's not them. It's not them. Now, oh, for Pete's sake, why am I blanking? Baltimore, Boston, New York, Tampa. I already got them. Toronto, no. Uh, Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit. Minute. Houston, Minnesota. All right. I don't. I don't perform well under pressure. I don't like people looking at me when I'm going through this. Don't look somewhere else. Look, look. Yeah, look, look elsewhere. So I. I don't want. I don't want you to see me as I'm working through my struggles. As I'm working through my shame. Of not knowing off the top, well, just off the top of my head, I feel like I should know this. So it's not, it's not, it's not Kansas City. They won one. Houston, I already got Seattle, Angels, Oakland, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Miami, the Mets, the Nationals, Milwaukee Cubs, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Dodgers. Oh, the Padres. Yeah, I was.
1: You kept climbing the list. I was like, you're getting hotter. You're getting hotter. You got it. Uh, Padres.
0: I don't know why I blanked on that to begin with. Yes, the Padres have never won a World Series. All right, very good. Well done. Well done, Grant. That was good. Now we get uh, Tubular to wind it down for the day and for the week. Tubular is brought to you by Superbook. I wonder if they've got odds up for next year's World Series. Let me go look at that right now. Superbook. Superbook. Of course, you can always use the code Glenn Clark 23 when you sign up at SuperBook, and when you do, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Glenn Clark 23 is the code. SuperBook. They don't have World Series odds up, but they do have AL pennant odds, and you're not going to feel disrespected. Who do you think the favorite is for the to win the American League according to SuperBook for next year, Grant?
1: I mean my Orioles fandom wants to be biased to say the Orioles. It is not the Orioles. So so it went the AL Pennant.
0: It's actually wild. Like no good. Well, go ahead. I gotta. Well, it's not okay. It's not that wild, well, but here's my tidbit. Um No no no, you gotta you we're not moving on. You have to guess. Yeah. Yeah. Guess.
1: Did they have the Yankees
0: going back? The Yankees are tied for the third favorite with three other no, with four other teams. <laughs> Two teams ahead of the Yankees.
1: I mean, if Toronto can stay consistent, do they have them going? Toronto in? is
0: also tied with the Yankees at 8 to 1 as a third favorite. So
1: I need the top, the pennant team to make it mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. They don't have Texas going back again, do they?
0: I, normally, that's the way these things work. Yeah. Whoever just won is the favorite. But Texas also tied with the Yankees, For th- third favorite at 8 to 1. Houston. Houston is the favorite to, to win, win the, the American League next year at 5 to 1. Houston is the 5 to 1 favorite. All right, so give me the team that's the second favorite then. Not Boston. It's not Boston. No. Boston is at 15 to 1. Boston is only ahead of the Guardians, Angels, Tigers. I don't want to tell you all of them. Baltimore. Baltimore is the this second is favorite. Two. The second favorite, according to Superbook, to win the American League next year, the Orioles at 6-1. Kind of wild. Normally yeah. you would expect... I was expecting to feel disrespected, and then I looked at it and I said, Actu- actually, pretty good. They've got them ahead of the Rangers, which doesn't really make sense no. to me. There are two other teams that have 8-1 to odds in the American League. Tampa. Tampa, of course, 8-1, to and... Well, I guess Seattle. Seattle, very good. 8 to 1 Minnesota the other playoff team from this year at 12 to 1. And who's the favorite to win the National League next year? The Braves, the Braves at 3 to 1 followed by the Dodgers at 4 to 1 and then two teams at 8 to 1. Oh, so they're so they're tied. No, the the, uh-huh. the Braves are 3 to 1, the Dodgers at 4 to 1 and then there are two more teams That's after what that. Meant. So those two teams are tied. Next two teams right. are tied. Yes. Phillies. Phillies are 8-1 to one indeed. And?
1: You know, I, I really want to say the Padres, but, I mean, this happens every year, and it only gets so far with them. Uh, so I'm not going to say the Padres. You should have
0: said the Padres. They I are also 8-1. to one. The Diamondbacks, who just won the National League, are 12-1, to one, tied with the Brewers um, and the I Mets. Oh, I my head. So if you want to go ahead and get a ticket in on the Orioles right now at 6-1 to to win the American League, you can do that right now. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Here's what's coming up this weekend, tubular-wise. Again, we'll start tonight. Not a ton tonight. Uh, Maryland plays in the Big Ten Field Hockey Semifinals, 3.30 against Rutgers on Big Ten Network. Tomorrow, a busy day, college football. Fox for Penn State, Maryland at 3.30. ESPN Plus for Navy Temple at 2. Delaware State, Morgan State at 1.00. Towson is at North Carolina A&T at 1 on Flow Sports. Hopkins is at Dickinson trying to stay unbeaten on the season and uh, wrap up a league title. That's 1 o'clock tomorrow, CentennialConference.tv. And Stevenson hosts Kings 1 o'clock on Go Mustang Uh UMBC begins their America East soccer tournament run tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. That's on AmericaEast.tv. They're at home against Binghamton. The Big Ten Field Hockey Championship if Maryland makes it tomorrow at noon on Big Ten Network. As far as big college football games are concerned tomorrow, CBS for LSU Alabama tomorrow night at 745. Eh, it's, a, it's not a big weekend of college football games. So I don't know. I guess USC uh, Washington is a pretty big one. I'll, I'll give them that. That's at 730 on ABC. You can check that out. And on Sunday, of course, Raven Seahawks, 1 o'clock on CBS uh, football action begins in the morning on Sunday. Dolphins, Chiefs, 9.30 a.m. from Germany on NFL Network. Fox has Commanders, Patriots at 1. Cowboys, Eagles is the national TV game locally at 425. And Sunday night, a uh, really good one actually, which is rare for Sunday night football, Bills, Bengals at 820 on NBC. Everything else you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, as far as non-sports, the only thing that really stood out to me tonight is they are airing live the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony at 8 o'clock on Disney Plus, so you can check that out. All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks today to Michael Pierce. Thanks to Brock Heward. Thanks to Larry Stewart from Coppin, and thanks to Bo Smolka. Do you know Do you know what Griffin does here? Do you know how to handle it? No, it's okay. We'll get it all up in the Greatest Hits section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. My God, it's yeah, so good. tab at glenclarkradio.com. Uh, we will be back on Monday. Ryan will be in for Griffin on Monday. We will, of course, be recapping Raven Seahawks. Jeremy Connell join us. Don't forget the bat around. Um, last couple of weeks for the bat around in its current iteration tomorrow morning. Paul and Zach talking baseball with you from 10 to noon. And then Project Game Day on Sunday with myself, Rita Femi, KZ, Steck. Uh, the whole crew will be hanging out with you after Raven Seahawks. Pressboxonline.com slash gameday. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, the Royal Farms, Costa Inn, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Grant, thank you, pal. Uh, what is your Twitter? Remind everybody.
1: Or Instagram
0: or whatever. Yeah, I don't use Twitter a lot, but I got Instagram at
1: 20GDeVivo, 20G-D-E-V-I-V-O.
0: I I do believe that we got through this without you ruining it for eternity. I don't think anything. I think we'll still be allowed to come back and do the show again on Monday, so this wasn't the day that it all went to hell. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm honored to have been here today. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks, of course, as always, to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Ravens, Terps, Navy, Towson, Morgan, all the college football teams. Uh, Duke sucks. Have a great weekend.